please stand for the call to worship, if you're able. We come to hear the story of God's faithfulness to past generations. Our God is also God of the future. The God who was with our ancestors will be with us as well. Then we can go forward in hope. Whatever else fails, God remains faithful. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Praise be to God. Good morning and welcome to worship here at Southside this morning. It's good to be here and to share together with you in worship. Southside Baptist Church is here in the heart of Five Point South, building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And so we welcome all who come in, our regular members and those who attend on a regular basis, but also 
uh, those who may be back for after being away a while. We're glad that you're here as well. We want to have a record of all of those who attend. And so we have at the end of each pew a little blue tablet there that you can fill in your name and address and anything that you would like to include. And we'll have uh, a little bit of information about you just as uh, who you are. We want to welcome you today and to share with you in this time of worship and to uh, celebrate together as we serve the one who, the risen Lord, who has called us to follow and whom we serve daily. Today is a, a special day in, in many ways. It's, uh, in, well, in a lot of ways, it's a regular Sunday in the, in the uh, season of Easter, Easter tide. but yet it's also one in which we uh, have a, another change that takes place in our uh, church family and staff. And Dr. Banks, this is his last day as our choir master here at uh, Southside. He is going on to, those, uh, to pursue some of those um, interests and gifts that he has to engage and use those gifts he has been uh, given by God uh, in the uh, area of arranging and composing and also singing uh, in various different places. So, Dr. Banks, we, we thank you and for all that you do and what you continue to do. And uh, we will have... At the end of worship today, when we uh, conclude and we have our words of grace and peace and we... Um, have our benediction hope that you'll linger long enough that folks can speak to you because this evening uh instead of having a uh, reception for dr banks today at his request we are doing it at the evening during the jazz vespers so hope that you'll come and be a part of that tonight and share with us then so um take a moment now and welcome all those in your area of the sanctuary or beyond uh by passing the peace of christ now but also of sadness and uh, uh, bittersweet for me, but uh, it is a, it's a lovely time. Uh, I will be among, uh, from time to time, when you choose to be with myself. So I look forward to that. Let me add my, not only my words of welcome, but uh, one more time, just welcoming those who are viewing us on YouTube um, and uh, either live stream or in arrears, so to speak, recording. That's one of the problems of having this thing on YouTube. Uh, whatever you do, it's on there, and it's on possibly forever. Uh, so you want to you do it right, uh, because many of you realize that I'm singing now uh, quite a number of masses very early in the morning for Eternal Word Television Network, the global Catholic network. That's a 7 a.m. mass uh, live out in Irondale. <coughs> and for a singer, that's a tough act uh, to get together at 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so uh, um, even this morning I was thinking, my, this is, uh, you know, television, YouTube, all of this, this media is, uh, is wonderful, but it also is uh, a little bit of pressure uh, sometimes. That aside, I want to also say thank you to Dr. Kelly, to Dr. Broxford, to Sarah Hazel, to these choristers. When I, I told them on Wednesday evening, when I look at this group of choristers, I'm not just looking at these folks, but I'm looking at 18 years worth of choristers that I have worked with here at Southside Baptist Church. First between 1992 and uh, 2005, um, then coming back in 2014 to today. That's just about 18 years by my count. 
that's a lot of major events, a lot of Sundays and Wednesday nights, and uh, uh, wonderful memories. Maybe some not so wonderful, you know, but uh, that's always the way it is. I'm so glad to have had this opportunity to serve here in this capacity uh, and to work with not only these wonderful folks, but with a congregation that cares about uh, beautiful music, beautiful worship. When I came here in 92, there was a big controversy about doing, um, you know, live music or using tape accompaniments, tape recorder accompaniments. And uh, so the Alabama Baptist did a, uh, a front page with, with me and Dale Chambliss on the front cover of the thing. We both were a lot younger then, obviously. Uh, you know, my hair wasn't nearly so gray. And, um, and they, they bulleted out one of my statements. I, I can make those misstatements sometimes. It wasn't really a misstatement because I knew what I was doing. Um, and in saying that we, I had answered in the article, you know, about how do you feel about doing that? And my answer was, we don't use plastic flowers on the altar and we don't use plastic orchestras for the music. So um, that, that got a lot of rousing uh, attention around Baptists in Alabama. I had ministers of music that had known me for years go, what are you doing? You know, I said, hey, that's just the way I am, buddy. That's the way I roll. So uh, the music that we have done over these many years, um, I am so, I don't want to be prideful, but I am proud and thankful grateful for the opportunities. This, this place has known Brahms Requiems, Mozart Requiems, uh, the first um, Bach St. John Passion that had been done in the city in a long time, uh, High Lonesome Mass with banjo, uh, with like three, uh, you know, some of you guys were here, weren't you? Uh, <laughs> you know, every kind of thing that you can name and Sunday morning worship, which is the key factor for not only this church, but I believe the worshiping church at large. So I'm grateful for that. I actually could have turned this, I suppose, into a, a Tim Fest uh, from a hymn standpoint, but I just asked for that first hymn to be one of my favorites and the tune. You notice we, we do, uh, we use the hymn tune names uh, instead of composer names. And um, so you notice that that first one was Heifredal, um, which is a, one of my absolute favorites, and I asked for it specifically, but I could not forget our dear, beloved, departed Brad Davis always would joke me and say, oh, we're doing hydrofoil today. <laughs> so we did hydrofoil today, and I hope Brad uh, enjoyed it as well. In a moment, we will do other tunes and especially words that are on the subject of Dr. Roxburgh's uh, idea, hope springs eternal. May we pray. We thank you, Father, for, for time, for talents, for people, for love, for community. We thank you for the ability to merge these things into a worship a service, a way of giving to others that might not be always understood or even appreciated, but know that we should do these things to your great glory and not our own. Go with us and keep us in your will this hour as we worship, as we continue to seek for your guidance and your will. May we stand. The hymn is 288. Lord, your church on earth is seeking.
Our first scripture lesson for today is Psalm 148. I'll read an entire psalm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and cloud, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, you young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. He has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his saints of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Here ends our first lesson from Scripture. Our second reading is from the last book of the Bible, book of Revelation, chapter 21, and reading the first six verses. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God will himself will be there with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I'm making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. This is the word of the Lord. be seated. Well, good morning. How are y'all? I don't see any, you don't have many smiles on your faces. Are you tired? A little bit? I think, are you tired? Had a busy day? Well, the weather was such yesterday. You had a lot of sugar, too. Yeah, that's because your granddad bought chocolate donuts to bring this to the gathering, didn't he? And oh, and you had it you double dipped. You had it in gathering and then in Sunday school. Okay. 
he built a cast of, of the paralyzed man. Uh huh. And Jesus that healed. That Jesus healed. Uh huh. Good. You know the um, was this the one that the men? Which was this? This the parent. Four men the four men carried him, right? They took down the roof uh -huh. to get to Jerusalem. And how did, what did they do after they tore open the ceiling? They, they let and, him down. And um, uh, Jesus healed him. Mm -hmm. He wasn't paralyzed. He was, he wasn't. I was, I was, I had brachial palsy. Um, I think it stopped when I was like six years old. No, six months old. Uh huh. Well, you don't remember what it was like, but this man had been that way all his life, and his friends, or at least a long time in his life, and his friends carried him to Jesus, right? You know, that, that what that tells us about is the fact that um, shows us about the love that we have one for another, especially for our friends. And I know that a lot of you have, you do a lot of things all week, don't you? You're busy. You, you, I told... Um, Millicent and Abigail this morning, their schedule for the last two days made me tired just listening to them tell me about it because they had um, a, a party a after school and a canoe trip and a, you danced all day yesterday, right? You had a performance yesterday? Well, I'm sorry, I think the battery's gone out. But you had 14 hours of ballet though still, that's a lot. This is this has had a lot of time too, so it's. But you know, and Jesus teaches us about love, and He says that um, that we are to have love for one another. And in, can you read this verse right here? New commandment. A new commandment. A new command I give you: love one another as I have loved you. You. So you must love one another by this, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one, if you love one another. You know what Jesus was saying, of course, is that um, the same love that he has, we're supposed to demonstrate to others. And you, in your Sunday school class this morning, you all heard about that because these four friends carried this man and they let him down through the roof. They, they, took, a, they took a risk because... What would your dad do if you, if someone came tearing up your roof? He would be upset, wouldn't he? If well, some call the police, and but these friends let him down and they they got him before Jesus and he was healed. And the thing is that we all always ought to to learn to live by that rule that it is it is a, a a rule to live by that we love one another as Jesus loved us or has loved us. Friend that said, Lord, of, of not too long ago, I saw on one of our Sunday school classroom that said, Lord, treat me tomorrow the way I've treated people today. Well, that's a, that may not be what we really want because we think about it. If we think about how we treat someone today, do we really want Jesus to teach it, treat us that way tomorrow? So loving one another and being willing to, to do those things that are extra for those, to, to really care for them, to go and go to great lengths to try to help them is an important part. You know, the um, we think about those rules that we live by. We all have rules. You have rules in dancing, right? Things that you were supposed to do and have to do. We have rules in school. We have rules if you play ball of any kind. Whatever you do, your, your um, is it karate, taekwondo? Do you? Karate. Uh, you have rules in that, right? We all have rules to think, but there's a rule to live by. Karate and soccer. But we have those rules to live by. Always rules. And the, the best rule that we can remember is always rules. You can't just do whatever you want, like kill an animal federally protected by law, yeah. and you're going to go to jail. That's, that's no rule. His, his dad's a lawyer, too. He's a black key works at a black water river keepers. keepers. Okay. Anyway, the point is that we have to be careful and, and love other people and love the world around us and to, to love as Jesus has loved us. And we can do that if we really allow ourselves to remember what Jesus has done for us. So let's offer a prayer and give God thanks.
for his son, Jesus. And may we be reminded to treat others as he has loved us. Lord, be with us today. Bless these children. Remind us always to be mindful of, of your presence in our lives and how we treat other people and how we love those. Not because that's what we easily do, but because we're reminded that we're to love even as you have loved us and redeemed us. In your name I pray. join me in prayer this morning. Let us pray. Risen Lord Jesus, present in your risen power today, may we see your transforming power and love within our daily lives, not only today, but in the days of this coming week. We come to pray for our world today. We pray that it may be a world that forgets how to make war and seeks peace and pursues it. We pray particularly today for Iran and the Middle East and the threat of military action. Lord, hear us as we pray for our world. We pray for our world and we begin and start with those who are closest to us, our friends, our family, those who are ill and sick, those whose lives are tangled with ourselves. We bring them before you, those who are on our hearts, and our minds. You call us, O Lord, to empower us so that your church may be built up, your gospel proclaimed and lived out in our day-by-day -day living. Help us in the days of this week to live out our calling and our situation as your people, that we may have good impact upon those with whom we come into contact. We pray to today for those who mourn the loss of loved ones. We pray for all who are near the end of life's journey. Comfort them in their pain, assure them in their uncertainty and fear, and grant them an entrance into your eternal kingdom that we, along with them, may share in your eternal love and joy. Hear our prayers as we offer them in the name of the one who taught us to pray and to say, our Father, who art in heaven,
hope springs eternal. Yet there are times in our lives when we wonder if hope is a reality. In the first century, John perhaps was thinking that as well. Thinking about all the pressures that he faced in his own personal circumstances. Thinking about the life of the church under persecution through the emperor Domitian. Where is hope in the midst of all that occurs? Let none be made ashamed that wait upon thee. Hope in the Lord. One of the great titles of God in the book of Romans is the God of hope. He's the God of hope because he's the one who is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He's the one who is in the past, in the present, and in the future. And he's the one who makes promises, promises that we depend upon, promises that encourage us, promises that keep us going, promises that give us hope, hope that springs eternal. The book of Revelation, I don't think, is meant to be a book that gives us some kind of magical mystery tour of the future, helping us to understand that we can link the events of the present circumstances of the 21st century to what John was talking about in the first century. Of course, there's always been people who have said that. In the First World War, King Kaiser in Germany was the Antichrist. And then he became Hitler in the Second World War. And then in the Cold War, it was Stalin. And then in the Gulf War, it was Saddam Hussein. Uh, surely we've discovered that all the prophecies that we make to try and fit in the book of Revelation with the events that we're passing through are always going to be a failure. The book of Revelation is given to us rather to give us hope. Hope in the midst of the circumstances that trouble us but hope that is founded upon the promises of God. Promises that come to some kind of fulfillment and climax in Revelation chapter 21. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And God says, I am making all things new. John, the apostle, uses a whole variety of different images to try to get over to us this idea of hope and what we're looking forward to in the future the eternal kingdom of God, and he uses images to describe it. It's indescribable, but he makes an attempt. One of the interesting things about this passage of Scripture is that the eternal kingdom of God is not a return to a garden like the Garden of Eden. It's rather a city. John says, I saw a city, a holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven for, from God. The cities that we live in, and we live in a city, may be places of surprising joy, and yet we know they're also places of distressing poverty, violence, and evil. John gives us a picture that this is not God's will for human life. He sees a holy city, the city of God that comes down from God, and God makes his dwelling in this eternal city to be our companion and to enable us to live together in harmony and peace, in hope and in joy. From Augustine's The City of God to William Blake's Jerusalem and Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream, Revelation's holy city promises life and healing, reconciliation and justice. And that's why we're interested in these things as Christians. That's why we hope that the cities in which we live in might be places of community, of reconciliation, of justice and peace and harmony, because that is God's eternal hope for the future eternal kingdom. And the hope of the future is that God will be with us in this city. I grew up thinking that the eternal hope was for us to leave this world, which was going to be destroyed, according to some understanding of the book of Revelation, and we go up there. But that's not what John says. John says God comes down here. God's always done that. He comes down in the story of creation to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day. Obviously, the Garden of Eden is not in Alabama. Notice the cool of the day. And then he comes down in Jesus Christ, incarnate, God with us. And then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in the hearts and the lives of his people. 
And the hope that we have concerning the future is that God's going to come once again to his creation and make this creation new, a new heaven and a new earth, which Peter says, in which righteousness will dwell in the book of Isaiah. John's not saying anything new here. He's really just quoting from the book of Isaiah. I'm about to create a new heaven and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating, says the Lord. I'm about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. And what will that eternal kingdom be like? Well, John says some things about it that may seem strange to us. He says that there will be no more sea. Does that mean that Destin will be no more? Orange Beach will be no more? Panama City has spring break and it will be no more? Well, you see, sea, often in the scripture, in the book of Genesis, in the book of Revelation, has been a place of turmoil. It's into the waters of chaos that God works in Genesis 1 and brings order and creation. It's in the sea or out of the sea in the book of Revelation earlier on that the beast and the false prophet comes, those sources of evil. What John is saying here is when he says there'll be no more sea, it means that there will be no more evil. Evil will be no more. There will be no more death. There will be no more dying. Death will have been passed away. The sting which has been taken out of death through Jesus' death and resurrection will become the reality in each and every one of our lives. And God says, John will wipe away every tear from our eyes. In your presence is fullness of joy and life forevermore. There'll be more and more tears and sorrow, crying or pain. All that robs life here and now of being fulfilled, joyful, and vibrant will be absent in the eternal kingdom. Mary's tears of sorrow at the cross, Peter's tears of conviction of sin, John's tears of seeing evil triumph, the tears of the widow who has lost her husband to a drive-by shooting, the African orphan will be dried, the tears of the abandoned lover, the bitter tears of the unemployed, the tears of the black child snubbed in a white school, the tears we cry in secret, the tears in our hearts will be wiped away. The connection to the former things passing away is crucial here. The promise is not only that God will wipe away any tears that might happen to linger on our cheeks in eternity, but that God will reach back through time to wipe away all the pain tears that have ever been shed. The tears that have, that have been caused in our life by others and the tears that we have caused in the life of others. Yes, the tears that we have caused. All tears will be wiped away. God is making all things new. Is that possible? <laughs> Hope springs eternal? Isn't it just a pipe dream? John says, the one who sits on the throne declares, these words are trustworthy and true. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. What does hope that springs eternal do for our lives here and now? Those who pray your kingdom come also pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One of my favorite theologians, Jürgen Moltmann, wrote his first theological book back in the 1960s in times of turmoil. And he said that hope for the future stirs within us a desire to see the kingdom of God come more and more in the here and now. And that's what it means. It means looking forward to the eternal city of God. It means living in community, working for justice, longing for peace and reconciliation, longing for that love that Dr. Kelly spoke about to the children, that it might be a reality more and more 
in our lives here and now, that the tears that will be wiped away might be wiped away more here and that we might be the means by which those tears are wiped away from people's lives. And we cease to cause tears to be shed by the things we say and the things we do. John's vision is a vision of hope and that hope makes us live differently in the days of this coming week. Will you pray with me? Grant, O oh Lord, that our hope may not be just a pious dream, but a lived-out reality. For we ask it in our Savior's name. Amen. And so we make our hymn of promise, Lord, make us servants of your peace, number 290. Please pray with me. Eternal God, our Father, and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you for being our God and for accepting us as your people. We thank you for this glorious day and the renewal we experience through your spirit. In good times and bad, you have steadfastly blessed us. We stand in awe at your amazing grace, your miraculous love, and the enduring hope of eternal life promised us through you. For our shortcomings, we humbly ask your forgiveness. We come now before your altar to demonstrate our gratitude by giving sacrificially yet cheerfully. We pray that these offerings will be used to further the missions of your church, to bring hope 
to the hopeless and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in this community and throughout the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
Loving and gracious God, we present these tithes and offerings. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless them, multiply them, and may we use them wisely for your kingdom's work here and around the world. Amen. So be seated for just a moment, please. I want to welcome those who are guests today, especially if you've not been here before, but all of those who are guests, we want you to know that you are uh, welcomed, uh, and hopefully you've received a good, warm Southside welcome. We do have a little reception there of lemonade in the back in the narthex, and you can come, and we'll have a chance to speak to you if you'll linger long enough for that. Um, also, I want to uh, tell you about two things going on this afternoon. The first is um, an organ recital by Bill Remley. It will be here at 4 o'clock in the sanctuary. Uh, it's the second of uh, two that were uh, organ recitals or concerts that were done for the 50th anniversary of the Southside Whole Kemp organ. So hopefully you will come and be here for that, and then you can stay or you can go and come back, whichever you want to do. But nevertheless, we hope that you will be here at 6 for our uh, Jazz Vespers service that will be down in Drennan Hall. For those of you who have not been before, it's a great time of fellowship. Uh, it brings a lot of different folks together as we share together there. Tonight especially, this is going to be one that we uh, sort of dedicate, I guess informally dedicate it to Dr. Banks because uh, he will be leaving uh, here after um, being here for this last four and a half years, but then about um, 10, 12, something like that, or more than that, thir 13 before that, so uh, about 18 years. So we are uh, uh, delighted that you'll be able to be there. And we'll have like a reception for him and, and to honor him in that. And Dr. Banks, we will pray for you and we will wish you Godspeed as you go forth into your new efforts, uh, wherever it might take you, and certainly as you are seen around the world singing for the Lord. After worship, uh, hopefully Dr. Banks will be able to be down here because, and people will like to come and, and speak to you here too, so we'll be able to do that. So. Christ our Lord. Amen. 